0: Everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk, episode seven hundred and thirty-six. Recorded today on Wednesday, the sixteenth uh, of November, two thousand and twenty-two of your Earth years. Uh, lovely to see you all over there in the chats and the YouTubes. We've got some great guests in there uh, as ever. Robert Fat Dust Hex. He- I would never pronounce his name right. I do apologize. Rob GS, Steve Elbows, Wagyu. Thanks again for your uh, work on the mods and also Buzz, the bot that is. Uh, fantastic fantastically designed by Dom there's working cross posting all your comments between Twitch IRC Discord and YouTube um so you can all have one big conversation uh, together or you can keep it on your own um yeah however you want just ignore buzz if you don't want to see the cross posting uh, anyway yeah so um want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us i want to say also uh, say uh, thank you to um the people who have already bought tickets to our EMOM event. This is happening on the 26th of November coming up. We're doing a live a live stream. Uh, if you check that uh, um, URL out, which is bitly slash emom One tickets, or scan the QR code if you're watching in video. Uh, we're trying to get the video the tickets sold in advance because they've got a very hard fire limit, and we don't want people turning up on the on the night and us saying, "Oh, sorry, you can't come in." That would just be. Desperately sad. Uh, But you can also, if you can't make it to uh, this part of uh, the world, then obviously watch it in person. The link is also... Uh, to the live event is also on there but so uh, we're really looking forward to what we've got guests uh, Mr Wiggly's playing Dom's playing we've got uh, um, a couple of local people we've got Guy Ford who does uh, some stuff on uh, YouTube uh, it turns out he doesn't live that far away we've got Jamie Geosynth is going to do a set uh gosh I mean I, I will actually do the full rundown a bit closer to it but everybody is confirmed and uh Fingers crossed, it's all going to work well. I also want to encourage you to uh, maybe join our Patreon. Have I mentioned um, have our Patreon? I... I believe I may have done once or twice. Anyway, there's uh, two basic tiers. Even at the basic le- level, you get uh, ad-free versions of all of our uploaded content. Uh, if you want to go a little bit higher, it's still only five fifty dollars a month, cup of coffee, pre- perhaps. And it, what it does is it helps you support Sonic State, which in these times when advertising is a little bit difficult, the revenue is quite hard to uh, be sure of, just means it retains our independence. And not only that, but you'll get exclusive videos. There's extra videos that we post to most of our Sonic Lab reviews. Uh, There's also ad-free versions of everything. We do patch downloads, we do sample set downloads, and other exclusive videos that you're not going to find everywhere else. In fact, uh, we hope to be bringing some of that for our upcoming EMOM um, uh, broadcast, which is on the 26th of November, in case I haven't plugged that already. But please do consider supporting us. It's much appreciated. Yes. Anyway, that's all. Uh, all the housekeeping done. We can get onto our guests now. Uh, because, that, it, but bizarrely, there is a ton of news. I guess it's Black Friday, but most mm-hmm. of this news doesn't seem to apply to that. Uh, that first chuckle you heard there was uh, Alex Paulie-Bow, Bow, who is, of course, uh, from on YouTube's. There we Ooh. go. And I'm, I'm I'm always pleased to press that. How are you, Paulie? Yep. Um, new parent? How's yes, You're still you. looking kind of fresh. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I mean, I mean, this is all fakery, you know, be, behind this, take off this layer with some paint stripper and I'm just kind of, you know, fraying at the seams. I'm doing okay, actually. <laughs> Sleep, sleep's getting a little bit better, you know, oh, as we get into a routine. Uh, with the babby so he kind of slept through last night which was a miracle i woke up at something like half six seven o'clock i was like oh my goodness it's been an absolute miracle and he slept through so i'm very happy about that um but yeah it's uh it's a sort of weird time for me because it's all milestones you know I'm, I'm hitting my 40th birthday in about two and a half weeks time so it's all kind of you know reflection and and new beginnings nice events Uh, life events but yeah getting a lot of music done though which is good for the um you know the arcade dreams project i'm doing having to yeah yeah it's crunch time on that at the moment so i'm just getting loads of stuff written and mastered and and then hopefully you know and sometimes music can get a bit um of a chore almost when you're having to do it all the time I mean, even though I love it, it yeah. can be a bit like a, an obligation. So I'm looking forward to, um, I mean, I love the project. I'm glad, you know, it's, it's kind of nearing completion, but I'm kind of looking forward back to, um, looking forward to some less pressurized chill music making perhaps next year.
0: Yeah, well, that is—I mean, it's a common thread, isn't it? As soon as you start doing this kind of thing for for, for money or for yeah. uh, advancement, you know, for, for to, to order, I suppose, whether there's money or not involved, it doesn't necessarily matter. Then it becomes, yeah, there there are, there are sort of certain pressures that you tend to uh, feel, and it it changes the relationship that you have because you don't necessarily always have that time just to kind of. Smooch and kind of chill on, on, on kind of, oh, I like this idea, develop it a bit further. It's like, well, actually, I haven't got time. I've got to, have yeah. just, it's got to get out the door. We've got to get something to the director or, or whatever. So, yeah, I can totally appreciate that. That's the way it works. Uh, and, sure. and certainly, same, same with YouTube stuff as well. You know, I often find sitting there and I'm just, I can't think of a single riff to play for a synth, which is much less demanding um, because I don't actually have to string all that much together. I don't know whether you find the same thing, Robin uh, uh, Vincent from Molten Modular. I play the same thing every time or just
2: randomly turn off ah. and then then see what see what occurs. I think that works for me most of the time. Most of the time. But yeah, you should never you should never turn your hobby into a job. You should never do your dream job. That's that's really the thing to think about.
0: Oh really? It's a bit yeah. late for me. I've blown it completely because <laughs> that's sort of I'm doomed. No, absolutely. Oh, I don't know. We that. are. We are oh, doomed.
2: Okay. We are doomed. <laughs>
0: Uh, exciting uh, for you this week though you've got a um you've got a, a new module out right yeah i believe and have. i got like a i suddenly thought i should put
2: my hand on it and i don't have anyone to hand there's one just over there that side there we go there we ah, go is that? that
0: with the the green light that the, the uh the, that the circle's one. moving
2: why is that so Ooh. hard to do
0: uh, yeah anyway yeah, it so weird, yes isn't it?
2: yes i have that's been very exciting it's been a, a bit of a roller coaster the last couple of days getting to that point of launch and i have a renewed respect for um, manufacturers who attempt to do a dramatic launch because it's it's hard and I'm usually the person poking holes in it at the other end, going, "Oh why well, you didn't do that very well, did you oh. <laughs> And then here I am going oh, i'm I'm out of my mind, I can't oh no, it's turned up in Australia. What's happened? Somebody's put it on Facebook, you know, and those sorts of things so uh no it it's been wow. very exciting
0: uh, so well i I think at this point, what you're supposed to do is say what it is oh what yeah, it does right.
2: okay uh, <laughs> it's cool. called the the mol- it's called the molten motion meter and it's a three-channel visualization visualization visualizer thank you of um of control voltage and also audio so you've got three channels three knobs a nice halo of leds around each knob that light up in response to cv that you plug in so envelopes lfos whatever you like it goes spinning around in beautiful colors and uh or you can play switch it to audio so you get in that case, a, a green, uh, yellow and red VU type meter going around the knob. Um, or you can invert the CV as well, which gives you a nice orange color. You can use those independently. So you could use it to, to scale an envelope or attenuate in an, uh, an LFO. But you can also combine so you can normalize from one channel to the other to combine some modulations or mix audio, ultimately. So it's, it's a utility with, um, with gorgeous lights that is actually remarkably useful and I keep finding more uses for it, which is nice. And uh, yes, it's there nicely visualizing things so that you can, well, for me at least, it's tying what I hear to what I see really helps me understand what's going on in my patch because uh, my ears are not good enough by themselves. And so seeing that thing like you do in software is very much inspired by uh my my movement if you like from being all software to being more and mostly hardware you lose that sense of uh of modulation and automation when you go to hardware unless you have very expensive hardware and so mm. i wanted to regain some of that back to see that modulation and see what it is doing so yeah, it's right. available at, uh, at all good modular shops in
0: kit or assembled form i was just about to interject with that very phrase, so I'm very <laughs> pleased that you uh, you you pulled it out of the bag at the last minute. Thank you very much. Anyway, lovely to have you, um, uh, you both of you folks. So, um, right, well, there is stuff, so we should probably get mm. on and have a look. Let's see what. Uh, 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 let's have a look. Well, I guess we're getting towards that time of year where we need to um, look into those those reverb lists, and uh, we actually do have the reverb. Uh, Top 20 lists. Oh, that doesn't look like what I'm supposed to do at all. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, I think there should be a reverb... Yeah, there should be something on the actual reverb... but i'm not seeing where it is that's the wrong link but essentially what we have are reverb every year what they do is they they publish their kind of bestsellers bestsellers that were released in the year and there's just some interesting stuff and it's never what i think it's going to be because i always assume that people like you know roland and korg dominate all of those sort of charts but actually on reverb new gear for 2021 uh number one electron syntact of all things polyend play Number two, Lemon Drop, which is the 1010 music. OP, and OP1 Field at number four. I yeah. mean, I don't know what kind of volume we're talking about. Overall, uh, for 2022, OP1 Field is the number one thing, which actually kind of blew my mind a little bit. And no wonder mm. it kind of relates a little bit to to um, another topic, perhaps, that we were going to. What do you make of these? Do you think I, – I just can't, I can't figure out what they mean because it just seems unlikely yeah. that they would – some of these were chart but I'm, I'm not saying they're fixed
1: the, or anything it's just un- the op1 un- like never underestimate the op1 because even the original one you know when it came out people who were not necessarily really into synths bought it because they just loved it as a device you know an electronic device mm-hmm. and i think teenage engineering have like a crossover between you know um synth nerds like us and sort of aspirational lifestyle tech blogger people who like things like anything by apple or buy stuff from urban outfitters or things like that and it kind of looks like a Casio vl tone as well so i think they've got this sort of really cool marketing kind of you know and the, of course the name teenage engineering it just makes it sound young and exciting and things like that so the marketing is just incredible you know and um, and of course the op one does have some unique synthesis in it but I think a lot of um, a lot of the um, the kind of appeal is probably in that crossover that market just outside of you know synth geeks you um, but people who like technology and retro things and stuff like that, and will pay like two grand for for one.
0: Yeah, mm. well, there it is. I finally found the URL. Uh, it's really, I think it's. I think it's absolutely fascinating. I mean, we kind of just think. Well, uh, everybody moans about the OP World or a lot of people. I, I mean, it, it falls into two camps, doesn't it? I mean, this is the teenage sure. thing, but there's there's lots of interesting stuff. It's nice to see the kind of more niche. Um, and, and, less, you'd think less, um, you know, box movers at the top of those lists. Mm. But isn't
2: Reverb more about how often things change hands? So for instance, the syntax being at the top is not necessarily new syntax being sold, isn't it? Syntax of people going, is I've had this for a week, I have no under- idea how to use it. <laughs> and so I'm going to sell it again. And so it, it then changes through 10 people's hands, which is why it sells so well. And maybe... Uh, maybe the up one field is is similar. You know, five people have bought it and then it's selling for slightly less and less every time. And so more people get the opportunity oh, yeah. to buy it. Is that mm. is that the thing that Reverb's yeah. about?
0: Uh, you could be I mean, right. I mean, I, th- I know there's quite a lot of dealers on there and people do sell new and you get these kind of lots of little niche kind of reverb shops that sell only the certain products and whatnot that, you know, so yeah, I don't know. Sorry,
1: Paulie. Uh, no, I, I was like... A big part of reverb is secondhand stuff, isn't it? I'm always kind Mm, of on there as a sort of when I'm looking for secondhand things. I initially hit eBay, Facebook Marketplace, then I might hit reverb on the chance that there's something in the UK, you know, there. And then also I might do a, a gear space kind of search as well just to see. So it's definitely on my radar as a secondhand. You know um destination but it's not really as a, a buying new destination because it's not really geared towards the uk is it particularly
0: um, there are, yeah, no, but there are. I mean, there are international marketplaces, and so in in sure. some ways, what we're saying is actually it could be completely the opposite of what we initially thought, or what I initially thought was. Yeah, <laughs> it's a popularity contest. It's actually nothing of the sort. It's a it's a disappointment contest because people oh buy <laughs> it, sell it because they don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> sure. I hope. Not. Yeah, it could be. Like it does put a different
2: spin on it. I mean it's interesting. True I think it's enough. interesting how the the J six, for instance, is is higher than the T eight from the Roland Ira little little boxes. Because for mm-hmm. me the T eight is is a fantastic little box. Why would anybody want the cord run? I mean they're good together, but I wouldn't see the point of getting the cord run by itself necessarily. Mm-hmm. But then I could be completely wrong. But then is this telling us that people get that one and go, Oh, I can only go so far with it and so sell it on again? Is that yeah. what it's telling? But then again, it is really hard to know without more information. Oh, it says that we invite you to draw your own conclusions. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks, Reverb.
1: <laughs> is it <laughs> well, Reverb's yeah. list of um, these people made us, these products made us loads of reselling fees this year? Is that what it is?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Well, that doesn't, yeah. Aren't statistics a wonderful thing? You can get them to uh, to prove almost anything you like, depending on how you yes. uh, uh, on how you manip- massage them and manipulate them and present them. Anyway, I thought it was worth having and uh, uh, good fun. Uh, anyway, um, I think what we'll do now is we'll have, uh, uh, just to take a quick break, I want to get this in early because Black Friday is coming up and I'm sure next week we'll be talking about some of that. Uh, I think we, we might do a live blog for Black Friday deals. I'm not sure yet. I It uh, depends on the timing, but uh, let's just have a little word from. everyone friends Baby Audio. Of course uh, Baby Audio make creative effects plugins designed to add colour and depth to your mixes they won Plugin of the Year 2021 in Future Music and Computer Music Magazine and they were nominated for the S -S Awards two years in a row During Black Friday they offer their best deals of the year with savings across all plugins and bundles and in fact if you use the code ST15 it will still apply for all Sonic Talk listeners and unlock an additional 15% savings even on already discounted products. So that is well worth checking out there. So uh, do head over to babyaudio.com and save 15% on top of what will already be uh, discounted um, Black Friday deals. Uh, They're starting to call it Grey Friday, aren't they? Because it doesn't happen on Friday anymore. It happens kind of weeks beforehand and it's just a sort of Mm -hmm. massive sale period that just kind of undulates in discount and as they get closer and closer to selling out of stuff i mean it's not so much the case with software but certainly hardware um then then perhaps you just end up with the dregs at the cheapest possible price like the extra petite stuff or the triple xl t-shirts that you find in your local retailers it's that sort of principle i suppose uh anyway um I should probably, I am I, I'm waffling. I'm, God, I, uh, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, here we go. This This kind of brings on the next thing, which is also teenage engineering related. But I, I, I posted this. I, 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 Robin, I know there was a, a similar uh, uh, <laughs> thing on Gears, but I think my headline was, has anybody checked to see if they're okay? Uh, and so <laughs> here we go. <laughs> oh, that seems to be the wrong one. It's not that one. Which one is it? It's that one. That one? There we go. So these are the new uh, Teenage Engineer dolls, uh, which were based on something, an art project from 2008, actually, which we found. Lovely looking things. Bit midsummer. I'm kind of a bit worried about um, what might happen to, if I. But yeah, they've each got a a kind of... There's eight of them. They've each got a vocal characteristic and kind of represent somewhere around the world. And as in their usual way, you know, they're obviously beautifully designed with a lot of thought. They are 250 quid each, so it'll cost you a cool two grand to have this particular choral ensemble. Um, I I actually went on to speculate that it might affect your life adversely and you'd become known as a complete weirdo and you'd never be able to (laughs) show your face in public... (laughs) <laughs> or they become so sought after, it's like buying NFTs or crypto, although crypto is a bad example right now. And, and in two years, they're worth so much money that that initial investment is yeah. worth the fortune. Uh, um, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Uh, it's, again, it's... It. I think, I think uh, teenage engineering are basically heading towards being the Johnny Ive, you know, for Apple at some point. They're just a, sure. a design house, really, aren't they? That's their thing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
1: You, you know, people will buy weird cool stuff won't they there's like little fads of things all through the 90s and 2000s you know like furbies or what have you so i think they're kind of onto this as another money spinner perhaps you know outside of the instruments because they do look amazing and they're collectible and anything collectible people will will collect you know for instance these are a lot more um functional than you know those funko pop plastic figurines that people collect they're they're literally just plastic figurines in a sort of cute mm. cute face and people collect hundreds and thousands of them and i'm there kind of puzzled as as to why they have this kind of compulsion to collect this inanimate object so i think a bit of that could rub off that that kind of wanting to collect things could rub off here but at 250 you'd have to have quite a lot of um money wouldn't you you would
0: they are Mm. very similar in ways uh robins to to nfts aren't they because i mean if you think about it i mean you could spend i don't know ridiculous amounts of money on a picture a car a a fairly basic cartoon of a bored ape and it would be (laughs) (laughs) you're not getting anything so you know these these actually have a physical value but it's an interesting thing they've also done the beer as well haven't they
2: mm the yeah I mean I mean branding a a, a beer doesn't seem anything like uh, as interesting or experimental as something like this I mean I'm reminded of those Google blobby choirs that the you know that run in a web page oh, yeah. or Sam Battle's Furby engine I mean it's somewhere yeah. between mm. those two uh, perhaps but realized in hardware with a really expensive speaker inside that I mean how a lot I don't know. How long would you play? How long would you play with it? Would you play with them very long yeah. or would they sit on your shelf then and do nothing? You know, at what point would you, uh, I don't know. I know. That's <laughs>
0: what I was kind of saying. I, I don't think they'd make it past the, I've opened the box. I'm going to play, set them up and play them for the family. And then the family will then go and carry on watching.
2: Yeah. You know, There's going to be some horrifically murdered ones interest. knocking around. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the TikToks of them being dismembered or used for really unholy... <laughs> purposes i think it's probably (laughs) what's going to happen
0: they're big they're they're like they're like this big you know they're quite you see them? oh are they they? (laughs) yeah that they're well they're they're like i think they're about 12 inches tall something like that they're kind of quite big and i think you you picked up on that is if you want them to stop you kind of slap them upside the head you know and that stops them from making their noise it just yeah it's i don't know it's, it's a bit weird i think but you know fair play i mean i think as long as they continue to make things that we all also want there's nothing wrong i mean because they've done lights and other they've done collaborations with ikea and stuff in the past sure. where they make you know mm. speakers and what so you know there's nothing wrong with it and I, d- I don't understand why people get so uppity that they're not purist instrument makers it's like they're sort of they're doing something wrong but clearly they're not because they're making they must making so much money yeah. to be able to just uh, do these it's like a vanity project but it also builds mm. the brand of their design house you know which is essentially what they are and i think that's yeah that's fine isn't it yeah. that's good it's cool. Uh, anyway, I thought I'd throw it in there, and the beer is actually reasonably priced. I think I worked it out it was about um, two pounds fifty a pint, which not bad for a teenage engineering oh, product. Right. Is about th- about a tenth of what I expected it to cost. <laughs> but you I can. I thought only the tins were a bit squat. Is it just yeah. me, or is it distorted somehow? Or is, is it half? Two hundred and fifty mils. They are. So it's a half a half pint in each tin, roughly speaking.
1: Not really enough to get a buzz on, is it?
2: No, (laughs) and then you know
0: what you're going to do. You're going to anyway, it's, I I don't want to dwell on it. You can
1: listen to your wooden choir, yeah,
0: (laughs) while you drink yourself into solace, but yeah, (laughs) maybe not. I I don't know. Yeah, Uh, okay. Um, all right, let's have a look. Oh, gosh. Um, there are so many things that we could
1: look at, lots of good ones. Yeah, I think are I are sent you too many this week. You
0: did. I don't. I don't know what to do. I. I I'm going to do this one because we, we've done a little video on this. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, it's kind of interesting. Sure. And I think. Oh, uh, well, let's see. That's the wrong. I might. There we go. This is Alexander Harker, who's from a drone. An, like I'm, an initiation is something that starts a process. it's a perfect tool it's a perfect it's like the the bottom layer of the great pyramid i i i mean there is a certain amount of marketing wank in this but he pulls it off Extremely well, and I, I just think what a great gig! So he went to these big studios, uh, a big soundstage studio and another big studio in Berlin, and just filled it full of massive, rumbling kind of sound sources. Like, his, his uh, <laughs> I think that's not a flying V, what's that? That's a, a, a Gibson bass and Ampeg, and just recorded Gibson these amazing explorer ima-
1: bass, was
0: it? Explorer, is it? Right, okay. I, I've I, I'm actually I'm doing I'm doing a video on it, and it was really good fun. I mean, it's it's a, it's very subtle, but there's so many interesting sounds in there. I just thought, you know, that's taking drones to the nth degree. And what mm. a great gig to have. Because I mean, ultimately, you could probably do a lot of that with, you know, just a bunch of synths and a frozen reverb, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as interesting. I don't, oh. I, I just thought, mm. and he's very photogenic in, you know, in his sort of rock and roll poster. And, and I really like it, actually. I've heard it, but I wonder what you thought. 360 gigs, uh, it compresses down to 169. So it's quite a download, but. Wow. Um, you know, I don't know whether it, yeah. you'd have a need. It's not very bit, it's not very 80s, uh, rompler, is it? So maybe not for you. <laughs> I don't know.
1: I'm being typecast now, aren't I? It's like Tom Baker's typecast in Doctor Who. I'm typecast as the rompler person now, but that's okay. Um, drones love them, love drones, love making them. Don't yeah. know if I'd be in the market for buying other people's drones. Because it's too much fun sticking a knife in an analog synth, you know, and just letting it <laughs> letting it drone on for like ages if you don't have like a, an endless, you know, release stage on your envelope. But uh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, they're always they're always required, especially in sort of documentary cinematic work. Um, you you do need quite a lot of a kind of underbed of drony yeah. material that people can talk over so i've kind of been doing lots of dropping things octaves and you know reversing them and adding reverb and stuff like that you know to um to get those sounds so he must have had a, a an amazing time making all these drones
0: yeah well there are some of them which uh, and there's there's all sorts of tree uh, uh, mic mic positions and there's generally a yeah. uh, near and a close and honestly you can almost hear there's there's something called uh plaster falling from the ceiling drone, and it literally you can almost hear the building resonate with the amount of wow. bass that's coming it's i mean it's it's very physical i know uh, robin i mean you know but you're into modular you must be you must be up for drones as well
2: yeah yeah i mean drones is is kind of what happens as opposed to uh something i aim for it's like when i haven't you know, i can't find my patch cable in the right place and you know i, I so i spend some time with it just doing its thing uh it's i think i mean i think what's interesting about this perhaps is the story behind it i mean that it Mm. it really feeds our imagination i mean do we need it no no probably not it's like uh, recently i saw that ben jordan had gone caving risking his life in order to get a reverb impulse of an internal cave somewhere in the center of the earth and it's like wow great i mean the story is fantastic do i care about using that reverb no not really i've got 20 quid one over there that does be fine thank you very much so you know it's it's one of those things where the, the story is fantastic and that does what it, it feeds us you know it because it, it, music yeah. technology is not just about the gear or the plugin it's about the lengths we go to to find uh, these sounds and these textures and these experiences and i think that that really shows that well
0: yeah uh, it's well worth checking. I, was, I think it's 129 uh, euros down from 199 to the end of November. I've got a video coming out on it, uh, um, which uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I wasn't expecting to kind of uh, to look at it, but uh, it's a sponsored video. I don't mind saying that now, but. I wasn't sure when I first listened to it, I was kind of like, mm, it all feels a bit samey. But then when you go in again and you start to tinker with those, because it's, it's that thing where you have the mod wheel and it changes a lot of things mm. and you could just hear mm. each one is about a minute long. So you get loads of this sort of interesting, but quite subtle stereo movement and, Kind of undulations in distortion and stuff. It just must have been. It must have been fun, but really, it must have taken ages to make because each sample's a minute long. And if you've got to yeah. loop it, then you've got to check the loop. Then you've got to check it again. It must have taken. It took a long time to just play through a few of the presets, just for mm-hmm. that the very same reason. But uh, great fun, right? Um, so what's next? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know whether to do this one because um, let's let's go here because uh, this be uh, yeah let's go here no not there is it this one no it's not there either <laughs> oh god here we go <laughs> there we go anima omegas a new kickstarter After Silphio, the, 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 the electronic the wind instrument after animafi the compact physical modeling synthesizer audio instruments keep pushing innovation forward to give life to your sound
1: We listened to your feedback and designed a powerful hybrid polyphonic synthesizer.
2: Meet Anima Omega.
0: Yeah, well, we will. Uh, and the Kickstarter is <laughs> going absolutely bonkers. I mean, they they start the Kickstarter, oh, it must have been three days ago. Mm. And they're already, I don't know what, double? More than double? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, nearly double. And they've got 28 days to go. People seem to be all over this. I know the anima fee, I didn't get a chance to try it, but some people were really, um, as a physical modeling at its heart, it was a really interesting thing. This has got um. 16 voices and four part multi-timbral plus a bunch of others. It's not going to be around till till, till, till for another year though. So it's quite a, um. a kind of far, a, a long out thing, but it's amazing how many people are, are up for this. It's astonishing. Um, Robin, did you get a chance to try the Fiat anywhere? I mean, and though they, they were quite hard to come.
2: No, by. no, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, they they have been. I mean, they talk about how they had this successful Kickstarter with this thing that, no, that nobody ended up having. But I mean, um, people must have done. They must have shipped to their uh, to the people who who bought into it. But yeah, it, it is an interesting thing. Physical modeling is not something that we do a lot in hardware. So it seems. Um, I remember selling the the Technics WSA one back in turnkey in ninety. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and I, I, you could count on one hand physical modeling since, since then, I think, what is it? Yeah. What the, the Prophecy z one, the VL Yamaha one, maybe that. Yeah. yeah. So what is it that's really fascinating about, about this one? It, it's interesting. I mean, it's not necessarily my bag, man, but,
1: yeah.
2: um, it is, you know, it's, it's fascinating as a, a, as a device. And also the interest, interestingly enough, is fascinating.
0: It's the story. So, yeah, I, want to watch. Gotta, gotta love that French voiceover. Uh, that is just <laughs> that's, that that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. And it's really interesting the Kickstarters and the Indiegogos that, that get the video right. They're the, they yeah. are the ones that really do work. And so, you know, that's a kind of sure sign of, of, of marketing working. And it does sound interesting. I mean, mm. that, that intro is very. Uh, um, um, uh, Walt, wendy carlos kind of uh um yes a you know, int- uh, clockwork mm. orange kind of vibe it's quite interesting they've obviously put a lot of thought into it the, there's a thing that it's got it's got a tap point i think the fee had the same thing yeah. and the contact mic that you could tap so you could excite some of the physical models and they use the touchpad oh. it's later in the video it's worth checking out it's like bing bing and it's that looked really good and it, it's it, again i think it's uh Mini down. Uh, The the desktop is eight forty euros at the moment. The Kickstarter and the keyboard is eleven fifty five, which seems pretty reasonable. So it's a thirty percent saving. Mm. So you can see why people are perhaps going for it. Yeah, physical modelling though. Did you? I I had a Korg Z1 for a bit, and it was yeah. It was all right, but it just all you wanted to do was play panpipes or electric guitars. <laughs> <That's>
1: nice. <interesting. laughs> um m- my history of physical modelling started with software, things like um applied acoustic systems. Applied um, yeah. Tas- Tasman and um String Studio. Um so I actually own a WSA one, which yeah. which ah. I really like. It's got the red dance card with it, which has some very trite dance loops in, but but you can slow them <laughs> down. There's this one sample of a guy going crazier, and if you slow that down like four octaves, and then use that to excite the um you know the um uh, corpus resonators, that actually sounds quite cool. So I've got that. I've got there's a there's a Z1 derived well kind of the the son of Z one in the core chronos and nautilus which i kind of use as well so but i think the thing with this one is this could if i was looking to downsize and i'm not <laughs> i really like like having loads of stuff around if i was looking to downsize i think this synth could replace four or five or even six of my current synths if you understand me because it's mm. got all the physical modeling stuff. I believe it's also got wavetable stuff in. Mm. And then there's a near modular, um, patching system, um, for, for, you know, more than a mod matrix. I think it's actually a proper sort of mod mod, modular environment kind of thing. So that could actually replace like four or five digital synthesizers I've got. As I said, it's not going to happen, but, um, (laughs) 'Cause I like all my old weird stuff. But the other thing I've got to say is that price point is pretty sweet, isn't it? That eight it is, eight yeah. four nine for that desktop, it's kind of like um, you know, that meme where there's um there's a guy walking with his uh his wife and then he che- checking out this other girl. That could be be me me and say a microwave XT looking behind <laughs> it, looking behind this thing, you know. Yeah. Well, so, I mean yeah. it's
0: discounted uh, uh, but yeah, I, I mean it's it's it, it it's a very it's a very tempting sweet spot but I mean you're not going to see it till September yeah. October next no. year. That's the It's not quite uh, the, the
1: 600 pound sweet spot which no. I always think is a super sweet spot. That's why um the the mini freaking stuff is flying off the shelves, isn't it? Um yeah. it's not quite mm. that sweet spot but 8.49 is kind of ooh, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah.
1: well, we'll
2: see. And it's marketed well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some relation to the Mini Freak in that, you know, some of its engine is built on the uh, Mutable Instruments stuff. Uh, And it's been, and it's quite interesting because like the Micro Freak originally was this uh, attempt at at doing polyphony with a a braids or with a a plaits, you know. And that was odd. There's a lot about it, which was odd sounding because um, Emily designed it for the uh, modular for monophonic use and mm. so then pulling that into polyphony was kind of slightly weird although they seem to have done much better with that in the mini freak although there's lots of other things i think also going on and dueling up the oscillators makes a difference yeah. so but so building on that through this uh, again is going to be interesting to see how that how that sounds really when you get down to the nitty-gritty of those those physical models and what they're yeah. and what they're doing
0: yeah, I mean, I think mm. that... Well, they don't have any... Uh, there's Car Plus in the uh, Mini Freak. I don't know if there's any other physical modelling uh, um, stuff. Uh, what I really dig about the Mini, though, just going get a bit off topic, is the way that they've gone... They've used the second oscillator... To process the first one. So you've yes. got, you know, you can use them as two oscillators and use them that, but there's also some other algorithms like uh digital filter types and uh um I can't remember what the filter type is, it's the sideband or the 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 resonant filter that and then uh AM and FM. So you've got you just feed one into the other, and that could be also the external audio in can feed it into the second oscillator. So it's just quite an ingenious way of using those resources to kind of get more out of what is yes. ultimately quite a compact instrument. It's a very clever bit of uh, bit of Hmm. design, I think. Um, Okay, right. Keeping an
1: eye on this one, you know, keeping an eye on it and seeing what happens.
0: I need to hear some more sounds. I didn't hear anything in the demos that really made me go. Uh, There's a great. There's a. Hmm. There's lots of little short uh, snippets. There's one that's uh, rhythm programming or doing beats that sounded quite interesting sonically. The rest was sort of i didn't really get you know all that much uh, right i should probably uh, just have a quick word from our friends over at isotope so of course ozone 10 the future of mastering master assistant you can match your master to a reference file uh, stabilizer module which is in advance adds clarity with intelligent and Adaptive Mastering EQ, there's an Impact module also in advance which can enhance the rhythm by controlling microdynamics. Very interesting. And don't forget, if you head over to isotope.com forward slash sonic talk and use the code SONIC10, you can save 10% on any additional software that you get, including isotope 10. And in fact, I'm pretty sure and it has in the past it's worked on their Black Friday deals as well so um, you could save big and then save even bigger it's astonishing isn't it I don't know amazing. how they do it um okay right um there is another one uh this is the the, the Sound Mate, which is in Turin uh, Italian show uh, we didn't we kind of missed it it went by the way so we we did send uh, a guy over uh, we sent Ed over there um sometime in the past And I don't know why I didn't it didn't kind of hit my radar but um there is, I'm gonna play this very briefly. I did get a warning because this was played on uh 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 Ramsey's show at the weekend, uh and mm. it got he got a takedown for it and I just don't I don't really wanna kinda of get into all of that if that's possible. So I've got to try and find find the video. Is it this one? Yeah, this is Sonia's uh Le, Le Sonia's did it at SoundMit, so this is if I if I Salut come forward to play for the play. That- this is a n this is essentially called uh the Kadamo... Essence, sorry, I'm sorry, it's Mas- not called that. It's the Kodomo Mask 1, which is uses Bitmask technology, which is an interesting synthesis technique. Uh, and it's, they reckon it's going to be about €1,800. Euros. Uh, this is just a prototype. We don't really know much more about it. They did do the uh, Kadamo Essence FM Mark II, which you could still buy at Toman. Um, Bitmask technology is an interesting one. I've not come across it before, but I think essentially what it does is it's like sample the a waveform so if you have a sine waveform it samples it slices it up into bits and then reorganizes it and it's quite oh. gritty and quite grungy And i know because you were quite interested mm. in this one weren't you paulie because it's got more of a sort of slightly dip, more digital edge to it right
1: yeah i'm in love with this one i mean not just the sound because if you listen to the um the the sound demo all the way through there's some kind of attempt at a saw kind of pad, a detuned saw pad. And because it has this rough bit-masked edge, it was giving me almost Korg Poly 800 vibes because that used very basic square waves, you know, to try and build a saw. Um, So it was giving me that kind of vibes. But I've got to say... um, the, the beige aesthetic is really doing it for me as well. <laughs> really? <laughs> kind of brutalist, the brutalist making whoopee in a nuclear bunker kind of, you know, <laughs> aesthetic, minimal aesthetic is actually really doing it for me. So I'm very keen on this one. Um, I just think it's got that real nice brutalist minimal appeal and it just sounds great. So one of the... Um, One of the guys on Gearspace, Evil Dragon, shout out to Evil Dragon, who's a total coding genius, um, said that there's a free soft synth, I think it's called Surge XT, which Ah. does bit mask stuff. Okay. So if you want to try out bit mask synthesis before, you know, taking the plunge on one of these, you can do it for free in that. In that synth, so I'm going to go and do that, and um, I think there's a 64 and a 32-bit version um, as well. So just, there we go. That's I'm just that's gonna, quite. I'm going to post that
0: in the uh, in the link and in the chat room. Surge XT, uh, yeah, Surge XT is right here, uh, which is free open source hydro synths. I think I, I'm trying to that's remember. It. This is yeah, that's the one. It's quite an interesting project, isn't it? I'm trying to think. Um, where that came did that come out of um you might know this robin it came out of uh, Hmm. one of the uh uh, european publishers didn't it from what i remember was it um oh i can't remember what they're called now anyway what do you think of the synth (laughs) (laughs) sorry i put you on the spot well i've been racking my
2: brain thinking i've heard about this before and i couldn't work out but then i found i wrote about it (laughs) there we go six months ago um (laughs) when they had it was at synth fest france i think With Kadamo, again, same company, had their Infini synthesizer, which was a smaller, big touchscreen or big screen interface, which also had bit masking technology in it. So I knew it was there somewhere. And I mentioned how it's similar to the FS1R Yamaha synth. I was just trying to think where I've heard about it before, come across it before. But yeah, it's like poking holes in a waveform, isn't it? It's like having a windowed approach. I think where you're masking def- different bits, which gives it that
0: uh,
2: that rough edges uh, around uh, everything.
0: The mock razor synth, I think, does it as well, doesn't it? Is that right? That's the um, similar similar kind of thing where you you slice oh, right, yeah, you maybe, it. yeah. It's got a similar, or certainly a similar thing, from what I understand.
2: Mm, yeah it has that edge to it certainly i mean to me it looks a bit dull to be honest but then you know <laughs> these things are in the eye of the beholder Are uh, oh, they not so but it does um look dull. yeah
1: <laughs> but i it's like really, that yeah, interesting
2: <laughs> that that red stripe of felt is very italian i think
0: yeah ah oh, okay new synthesizers ball that's bit mask uh That's just like really crass downsampling, doesn't it? I mean, essentially, (laughs) sort of, from that diagram. (laughs) That just looks like, basically, we've we've just made it one bit. You know, essentially. (laughs) But I don't know. I don't know enough about it. But, uh, yeah, one to watch, for sure. I mean... I think there was a question wasn't there last week about you know whether the, the 80s were the sort of golden era of synthesizers and synthesizer music and it's just like i can't believe how many new instruments and new things i mean even robin's got something yeah. out you know i mean there's just I, I feel really left out i feel completely left out there. i haven't actually released an instrument i suppose we did freeze machines but it's not you know in hardware everybody's doing hardware but i i, I also know how difficult hardware is particularly right now and so I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking mm-hmm. yeah maybe i'll wait until it's easier to make stuff but it's you a need to release age. some cartridges
2: for something, don't you, Nick? That's what you want. Produce some ROMs, right. some proper cartridges some for uh, yeah anything, anything that, well, that plugs into. So stuff. So it's my, hardware that's just
0: so not my. That's just so not me. If I did that, people would just go, "What's that got to do with Nick and his musical aesthetic and the things he likes?" Absolutely nothing. Yeah. It would be a bit of a crass. A I mean, crass for it me. would
1: need swing PWM, sing song harmonics, etc., etc. They just, on the drinking game, they just had to have three shots in a row, didn't they?
0: Oh, gosh, yeah, <laughs> that's true, yeah. We must bring that out. Somebody did make that, that, for those of you who don't know, I don't have it to hand, but there's a, basically a bingo card which just has... <laughs> Sonic talk-isms or things that I might say and you have to dab and uh, every time time one goes, you have to take a drink. And quite often, you probably wouldn't make it through the show without... uh, requiring a hospital visit i think perhaps uh (laughs) (laughs) uh, okay right let's see what's next uh so we did that one we did that one uh oh yeah this was i I don't know much about i'm going to let you talk about this one paulie but this is the uh so this is uh, now if i get this correct oh yeah this is uh, uh, on gear sluts gear space i beg you not
1: gear, gear space. space it's gone talking? like gear you space. know family friendly gone, now. Yes,
0: i do beg your pardon <laughs> it's just so many years of it being called that and i i, I apologize up front for that uh, <laughs> and there was actually there's yes. there's a uh i'm trying to find the url uh there is another one which i'd have to find and this is some, sure. somebody who's making roms or re re-engineering roms for um the the Proteus 2000, and uh, other models. And it just sounds yeah. like a really interesting project. I know you were quite excited about this. You'll have to explain why you're so excited because I, sure. I don't have any of that stuff anymore.
1: So, the, the Proteus series, they did some racks, of course, but they actually did some quite nice groove boxes as well. So they did the big command station, and then they did an an MP and a XL yellow or, or purple groove box and the kind of um, it's all technology borrowed from the emulator sampler series so as far as uh, romplers if you will go they were very very interesting um, they had z plane or z plane filters which meant you could do things other than high pass low pass band pass and really interesting stuff um, and then they have some really interesting little, almost like modular patching within it. Is that what is that um, what that
0: that picture is? I, I can't, I can't make that yeah right. that potentially. Bit... right.
1: And something called Sloop, where you can actually stutter through a sample, change the start point of a sample, you know, as it's going so relating to what we were talking about a few weeks ago with the the chip shortage and with you know it being difficult to make new synths or it being too expensive to buy new synths something like this i think is kind of interesting where you could refresh one of your old synth racks you've got lying in a corner with some new sounds because he's uh the guy who's done it i can't remember his username i think it's balmer he's um he's wanted to put interesting sounds from the fismo from the world Q, etc inside that engine and that's what interested me basically it was a sort of wow this is sort of a kind of recycled re- Invigoration of, of a synthesizer. And I love it when that happens, you know. They do it a lot for analog synths, of course, with the the Kiwi Technics, JX, and Juno stuff. But for digital synths, it's interesting when they add stuff like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just think, I mean, I think you actually, what I understand, they have to be burnt onto an eprom or a PROM chip and yeah. put into there. I think you're saying they're going to be about uh, less $200 or less. So it's not an insignificant amount of money, but if it, no brings a whole new set of samples and access to that synth engine it's kind of an interesting idea i know have you yeah. did you get into that all of that stuff robin i mean i never really had those mm. cuz they were a bit black box for me i i went more the uh, jv1080 and the m one sort of pcm sure. routes rather than those big massive library yeah. library racks
2: well they were they were really enjoyable to play with i mean we'd sell them in turnkey all the time i was there at that sort of time we had a whole rack of emu stuff and i could spend a whole afternoon not talking to customers and just playing on the (laughs) emu orbit for instance was enormous fun but they had the protesters there too and was always very well regarded so uh yeah i mean quality quality machines
0: did they have but enough? Because uh, often stuff stuff that was doing that, because they were 16-part multi-timber, a lot of them, weren't they? Did they have mm. enough grunt in them and to be able to stand up to, you know, uh, receiving all of that MIDI and doing all of those things? Because that's the thing about... I need to try. Yeah, no. yeah, Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think so. I think they did. Uh, they seemed to do all right. I mean, this was... I mean, their, their competition was the JV1080, of course, all those... <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, with all those expansion boards, you know, but the, the, the JV was just not a very exciting box in comparison not that it didn't do wonderful things of course it did oh my goodness yeah Uh, but the 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 emu range they just really nailed this idea uh very short-lived because of software and everything else that came along shortly afterwards but they nailed the idea of the rompler in a box you know i thought it was uh it was easy it was great and you could find presets that you would then hear on the radio in other people's records you know
0: it's yeah, great. I suppose so. Uh, I, I, all I remember is they had just that tiny little rubbish LCD, it was yes. like D110 yes. size LCD, <laughs> to manage 16 parts and all of that stuff. It was just like, <laughs> even back then when my, I didn't wear glasses, it was just like, nah, I, I'm sorry. That's just not. That's
1: At not least it was all one level, though. There's no depth to any of EMU's stuff like the Ultra Proteus or the Proteus 2000. You just scroll through one long list, massive menu. Menus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you That's don't good, have to go I into suppose. things you know like there's this hidden like traps and stuff in some of the roland and yamaha things from that that time where you go in to change <laughs> your filter menu and you're like i can't get out <laughs> but stuck. at least at least it's one level with the proteus and you know but um i actually asked if i can submit a few uh few samples for for one of these boards i think that would be kind of fun to be burned immortally into a rompler you know expansion (laughs) i know it's a weird bucket list thing but there we go (laughs) i
0: don't know i don't i don't don't see why not i mean that's definitely yeah i mean considering the things have been around since you know 1990 if you can get another 30 years out of them Yep. Fill your boots, mm. you know. Go for it. Immortalised in Rompler. God, the, 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 the show titles are coming out <laughs> thick and fast. I've, so far, I've got "Making Whoopi in the Bunker," uh, <laughs> trapped, trapped in a Rompler menu, and, and also immortalised in Rompler. Uh, uh, immortalised in Rom? Would that make sense? That would. Yeah. Immortalised in in Rom. Yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a good. That sounds like a good potential. Wow. Okay. Well, I haven't done any questions yet. Uh, how are you fixed for time, uh, folks? Uh, could, uh, could we slip a couple in or is it...
1: Uh... Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, I'm
0: okay. All right. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, let's see. Uh, well, here's here's one that's very, uh, very relevant. Uh, this is... Uh, from Nick Howes, uh, oops, sorry, this is from Nick Howes via YouTube, uh, a, a very, uh, he's a prolific question writer. Should synth companies be allowed to tease a year ahead of relief, release? Cough, Beringer. Well, and Cough and him, uh, uh, Amiga, I suppose, as well. Interesting, isn't it? I mean, I don't know, Robin, like me, uh, mm. you are uh, um, involved in, you know, an online organ, as it were, and have to sort of fill, fill the pages with stuff. Teasing from certain companies mm-hmm. works, you know, it work. worked, Behringer, you know, the Behringer routine worked. I mean, it did until there was a really long, until they basically stopped releasing anything and just, they said, we've got 50 things we're making and now they're really slowed down. So I don't know if that'll ever work again. So you, you only get one shot at it. But uh, so you're allowed, mm-hmm. but maybe not all the time. What do you think? Well,
2: no, we should just put a stop to it. I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, people like ourselves, we have the power. We should just put a stop to it. We should stop reporting on it. Stop saying anything about it and stop all those people in flipping forums from, from talking about it i don't think there's a whole lot we can do i think i think teasing it, it works and it doesn't and it's an it's a really interesting thing when it it does work it could be super effective and then when it doesn't we all sit around going oh well that was a bit rubbish wasn't it but there's no way to quantify how it works how does it because i don't think uh, anybody would try to make it not work on purpose and so everyone's going well oh, let's let's just give them a little bit and then I don't know. It's an odd thing, isn't it? I mean, I, after launching my own product, which I did just yesterday, I, I think in the future I'm just going to let it drip out. I don't know if I care for this whole brick wall embargo business anymore. You know, I did do little teases and little photos and stuff, which is quite good fun. But ultimately, the amount of stress that it builds up towards that actual launch is so huge that why would anybody want to do that to themselves? You know, well, that's why you have a that's <laughs> so, why you have
0: a marketing department. So it's not actually all on your shoulders. Somebody else is responsible uh, for that, and they get the stress, and you just worry about the manufacture process or designing the product. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. That's that true. It does work. I mean, it does work. We've been involved. I mean, you know, I, I I don't think it's any secret. You know, we were involved in the launch of the Berenger Neutron. Back in the day, you yeah. know, we were mm. asked to go mm. up and make those uh, initial videos for the launch. And and we sort of went that full teaser route. I mean, we pitched, I don't know, a certain number of videos, and then um Mr. Berenger came back and goes, Yeah, great, now we want another 10. And I'm like, Oh, you can't go that. No, honestly. <laughs> and it and it but it worked. I mean, the thing is it, it actually did work. And I, so I do feel slightly responsible for that. But now I feel like I'm I'm sort of somewhat kind of immune to again and again and again and again and again. You can't do it every time. It sort of feels a little lacking in imagination just to do the same old thing every single time, you know. So I suppose people respond to some sort of uh, creativity in marketing as in product design, I suppose.
1: On a practical level, I mean, although I've got one finger in the pie of music production um, now, you know, and I'm actually making some money from it, I'm not making that much and i am on essentially mental health work and money which is not great so having a tease for a year or so is fine because i actually have to save up for stuff do you know what i mean right it's absolutely fine by me um and it gives me you know something to to pop a little pin in and go yes i want you but then it goes on too long you know it's unfortunately with this chip shortage And Beringer, it's kind of been maybe more like three years now, two or three years since some of the like, where's my PPG wave for 700 quid, (laughs) Beringer? Kind of thing. (laughs) I'm I'm waiting. I'm I'm waiting. I've got a space picked out, you know. um, I I think uh, uh, it's, it's timing.
0: There's a comment here from uh, Brian Braille. just seems to use teasing as a market research as, as much as a signalling intention. And, and to be mm. fair, that's not just exclusive for them. I mean, they just kind of went large on that and did it across the board, you know, because they were ultimately... Looking to see what they should prioritize in terms of making. And I don't have a problem in, in that so much. I suppose the thing is, is it sort of feels like we all know that, they know that we know. And and with some some companies, you know, it is genuinely like, well, is I suppose is it that difference to a Kickstarter? You know, say when Modal did their first Kickstarter, everybody was like, Is that right? It doesn't seem like they're an established manufacturer, it doesn't seem like you should do that. But actually, it makes perfect sense. You gauge the you gauge the amount of uh yeah. interest, you decide you you turn the dial on how many units do we make in advance and you take your chances rather than just doing it into a, a void mm. and then kind of either massively underestimating demand yes. or massively overestimating demand, which could be very costly, of course, I suppose. So, yeah, mm. I, I don't know. Uh, good question. But I think, I, I think it's, I think what we, what what maybe Nick's getting at is, you know, he feels some somehow let down when it doesn't happen. But I think that's, you know, that's just no. life. We're just going to have to get over that. So, yeah, anyway, uh, let's see. Um, what else have we got in the question uh, panels? Uh, oh, yeah, this is a good one. Steve Boyle. So, uh, Steve Boyle uh, via YouTube. Oh, gosh, it would be if I pressed the right button, wouldn't it? Steve Boyle via YouTube. How do you battle or overcome optional paralysis? Which I think is a very real a problem for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, because too many options, as we've discussed many times, can lead to a situation where yeah. you just don't know what to do. It's like the blank piece of paper syndrome and every color in the world to fill it with. Uh, I'll start with you, Paulie. I mean, you have a large sure. palette of synths. Do you? Okay. Do you? But you, you were saying that you sometimes, you know, you you bring them into service, at, you know, in batches rather than have them all plugged sure. in and available. Do, do, is that a,
1: sure. a, a a conscious
0: approach that stops option paralysis I,
1: th- I think it probably is i think i might split things down into and although these two worlds can sometimes intermingle i've got a sort of writing options right and then once the thing's kind of written then a sort of embellishing options does that make sense so i i have certain instruments that i write with which means i'm not i'm not bogged down by all those options you know so i generally i generally write either sometimes in my head and i'll dance around to music that's in my head and There's no music playing, so people look at me really weird. Sometimes I'll write on my guitar, and sometimes I'll write on my piano, and maybe occasionally I'll write on a specific synth that has a certain sequencing or arpeggiation feature that I want to make use of. But I don't really delve outside of those four or five options for writing, so then I've got a good chunk of the stuff done. So when when time then comes to actually make it, I've got quite a chunk of stuff done anyway. Right. So maybe the write the song first, then arrange it is, is one way of doing it. But some people of yeah. course, are all it's all interlinked. The, the writing and arrangement all come together because maybe they're making use of tools. Uh, like modular, for instance, I don't particularly use modular in a, in a writing fashion. I'll use it for, I don't have a particularly big module, I'll use it for may, maybe kind of rhythmic or tumbral stuff to put on top of right. something that I've already vibing with. So maybe separating out the writing and the the arranging thing, if you can, could be a way of overcoming optional option paralysis. True, potentially. yeah,
0: that's a good point. Uh, just I just want to quickly have uh, shout out for Dye Stanton, a couple of G&Ts for Nick to uh, teach the otherwise delightful Robin how to pronounce my first name. I don't know what that's a <laughs> difference <in the laughs> to, but I'm sure maybe Robin, <laughs> you, you do. I don't know. Uh, that's a difficult one. Uh, but Robin, how about you? I mean, what do, cause I know you, you play like proper instruments. You know, I know you play bass and guitar. Is that right? I mean, I've seen that. that, that, that oh, happens, yeah. Yeah. So... For,
2: that does happen from time to time. I mean, I find physical limitations are helpful. It's part of of what i learned or gained when moving out of the computer i mean you know having physical instruments is 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 one thing but the the you know the, the paralysis with presets and stuff that i had in software was really getting me down uh, it was really preventing me from doing from doing very much at all and so moving more to hardware has certainly helped with that but now of course hardware is getting out of control and so <laughs> i still have to put physical limits on stuff so things that i'm not actively using i might put away in a box or put away on a shelf and certainly it's like i've moved back from my my two two tier uh modular which i've been using for live performance i've now i've just moved back to the the one little orange case that you can see behind me just purely to focus in to spend a little bit of time making uh, less elaborate patches you know and so i find that that physical limitation really quite quite helpful um yeah otherwise there isn't there isn't an easy answer i don't think it's willpower you just have to you have to make your decision in your head that i'm just going to use what's in front of me i think rather than trying to find another thing in another place go and do that later work on another track and get something else out and work on that but focus on what you're doing on
1: on the thing that's there i would say have you guys ever written a number of one synth tracks it can be quite a popular pastime just literally write a whole track and everything maybe you can use you know um drum samples on top if you want um just use one synth to create everything in a track because i think i think it depends yeah Yeah. i
0: I think it depends on the medium doesn't it because if you can actually figure out a way to almost jam it on the synth so you don't have to then kind of go okay i'm making these individual drum sounds then i have to put it into a sampler then i have to trigger the midi you know if you could do it in a sort of right play that overdub that on top overdub then i think that would be quite Mm. an effective way of doing it yes Uh, I, i think i think um yeah, I think you know limitations definitely a way to get around option paralysis. If you've got option paralysis, it's probably because you've got too much stuff to stimulate you from starting. So, mm-hmm. you know, set yourself some really draconian rules and see how they work first. I, I would I would venture maybe a good idea. And then, you know, broaden them out. If not, I just, I also want to give a big shout out uh, for Bleak Club, which is in Bristol at All Hallows Hall uh, every other Monday. Last Monday, or this Monday, they had one. Uh, You just go along from about eight o'clock and they do, you can take a synth or some modular stuff. They have a table with a common clock. And, you know, you you limit, you don't bring your entire system, you bring a little bit and you all collaborate together. And from what we heard, nobody really tried wow. to dominate the mix or dominate, and then at the same time, they've got a load of uh, visuals. So do I would want to give a shout out for that Bristol uh, that bleep club with a K. If you just do a search on it, you should be able to find out information if you're in the Bristol area. And again, that's a sort of limitation of the collaborative essence. So um. I suppose coming out of your comfort zone means that you don't, fall on the same in the same patterns and the same chord shapes and the same technology it's like you know turning up to a gig with only an oscillator do you know what i mean <laughs> which means okay what could what could i do with only an oscillator i have an oscillator and maybe all i can then do is mute and unmute a, 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 an audio channel rhythmically with it yeah. maybe you know or create something that does there are ways to do, do that certainly in modular i mean there's lots of ways to do it, but an interesting question nonetheless um, okay, let's have a look. Uh, is have we got any more that we could run in? Uh, okay, we've done that one. That's. Uh, um, I think. I think. Yeah, I think we're 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 good for now. Uh, obviously, the questions are queuing up. We do have some questions in them. What happens is, I don't get round to all of them. Some of them then become irrelevant to what we've just been talking about and it'd be a bit mm. weird to throw them in so they might turn up again uh, but please do if you want to leave a question for us just what i do is i start the uh youtube um event for next week's show straight after this one and you can put them in the comments there and they will uh, then show up in the database and we can bring them in so uh, yeah please do anyway uh, robin what's next for you what have you got uh, aside from plugging your wares what uh, what's next for the uh, molten music technology uh, output uh, well
2: um always good stuff in the channel as they say but uh, tomorrow funnily enough i'm going down to the norwich arts center to take a whole load of photographs and video in preparation of building out uh, the website for this event that i'm giving birth to next march uh, it's called Synth East. It's going to be in Norwich. It's very exciting, uh but is of course, it capital- it's a whole it load it the of work that I, I didn't realise. Yeah, do you know that?
0: Arts? I've done gigs there. Yeah, I've, have on tour. Have yeah, I've done gigs. Yeah, I've actually done gigs there. That's
2: yeah, it's right. a nice. It's a converted church. Nice it's venue- a nice, um yeah. nice venue. Yeah, we're going to go in there. So I'm going to take a bunch of. uh take my modular down take a bunch of you know fancy photos and then um start being able to build out more information about it because uh, i need to get on I need to get on with things so yeah that's next march that's very exciting so i'm going to be talking about that a lot i imagine over the next few months but uh, so that's We're my out. tomorrow worked out
0: Oh wow! That sounds great. Sounds really good fun. Yeah, we need yeah. to go to the venue and start measuring up for how many mains cables and where we can plug things in and all, all that, that sort of stuff. thing. We yeah, done, we've done half of it, but we need to do a bit more. But uh, Paulie, what about you? What's next for you?
1: So, gonna finish up Arcade Dream soundtrack. Gonna work on some songs with my uncle Brian, my newfound uncle Brian from the Modified Toy Orchestra. Um, and they're going well actually that writing project we've come up with some very dark stuff so it's it's delicious and then um i'm gonna um get a, a ne- another video on my channel because that's the thing that's kind of fell by the wayside slightly you know during this kind of crunch time on my other project so i'll get another video on on Up part two and one ah, yes. uh, and then, yeah, next month I'm going to try and turn 40 gracefully <laughs> or disgracefully. I think
0: I, dis- disgracefully is probably yeah. the better option. If you don't, <laughs> I mean, afterwards you can then be graceful, but you need to do it sure. disgracefully first, I think, just to sort yeah, of well. – you know, just to make the measure. Anyway, folks, lovely to have you. Thanks to everybody in the chat room and all of your questions uh, and the IRC and whatnot. Don't forget, if you want to come and join us at the uh, live event in person, uh, the URL is bit.ly slash emom1tickets and that'll give you... There's a link there to the... to the live stream as well which i've posted now and, and all the people that are playing uh which i will remember to uh, write down somewhere so i can mention it but uh, please do get your tickets in advance it's very important anyway thanks everybody um we will see you all later i i suspect dom will be producing uh one of his uh excellent mental health um Uh, shows tonight i don't know if he has he hasn't told me but worth checking out on the mr wiggly channel and also i don't know if gaz is going to be doing uh anything in his channel tonight i went to his studio yesterday uh, on monday on the way to um to going to this uh this bleep club event and my i haven't been up there for several years uh so possibly since before lockdown actually and honestly i've never seen so much stuff crammed in such smaller space with such a, <laughs> a, a, a comprehensive workflow. It was just like, he just, he went, and I think he's sort of dying to have a sort of brain dump of the entire workflow. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And that, the complexity that you can achieve in a small space with all that stuff, fascinating. So his, I'm sure his stream, if it's on, will be excellent. Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you very much, Paulie. Thank you very much, uh, Robin. We'll all see you uh, at the other side, Um, you know, yeah, some other time. Anyway, that's it. Mm. See you next time. Take care now. Bye-bye. Cheers.